Hey, did you know that you have to dig up potatoes? They don't come in a bag. You got to get them from the dirt to the bag. Some kids once said, uh, you know, well, where does hamburger come from? And they said, the store. (laughs) Hamburger comes from the store, right? Well, it gets to the store, but it doesn't come from the store. And so what we're talking about this week is we're in the second week of our Tater Field series. Understand that tater is a southern slang word for potato. And today, you dig potatoes, or we are in the part of this this harvest. Last week, we talked about planting. We talked about Isaac, who was leaving the promised land because there was a famine in the land. And he was leaving the promised land to go to Egypt. And he got part of the way there to a town called Gerar, an area called Gerar. And God said, don't go to Egypt. Egypt, as we all know in the Bible, represents captivity and slavery. God said, don't go there. He said, stay here. And Isaac stayed there. And he planted where God put him. You've got to plant where God places you. And if you're planting in places that God doesn't place you, then you may be planting in the wrong field. You may be in the wrong spot. You may be doing the wrong thing. And last week we talked about how God can turn a famine into a feast. What Isaac did in Gerar, which means to ruminate, or bring up the cud. He stayed right there, and he planted where God told him to plant. And it says that he reaped a hundredfold. He reaped a hundredfold so much so that he was there with a Philistine king, and the Philistine king said, you need to get away from us. You're being too fruitful. You're being too productive. We're envious of you. And I will tell you this, that when you start obeying God and planting where he places you, And God turns a famine into a feast. Even your enemies will be envious of you, and they'll want you to get away. Because where you are is where God wants you to be. Today, the harvest. And and I'm going to talk in Ruth 1. And really, I'm going to focus on two verses in the first book of Ruth. That's verse 1, the first verse, and verse 22 the very last verse. Now, the book of Ruth is a short book. It's a great read. You should really just sit down sometime and enjoy it. There's just so much in it. I bet there's 50 or more sermons in it, but I'm going to stick to one, and I'm going to stick to two verses. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Ruth 1, 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Remember, we started out last week with a famine, and now we've got this week with a famine. I'm going to just tell you that as you go through life, you have got to expect famines. You sure better expect famines. You better expect that what's going to happen in your life, there's going to be a dry time. There's going to be a slow time. 
There's going to be a time that things don't work out. There's going to be a time when you think you've got something going on, all of a sudden it's sparse. There was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Now, just that one verse, there's a ton of stuff in it. And I'm just going to give you a couple of characters in here and their names and what their names mean. Because once you start seeing what their names mean, you're going to say to yourself, why do they ever leave Bethlehem? Why do they ever go from God? Why did they do that? And I hope what you'll be able to see is when you reach a famine that you won't leave Bethlehem, that you'll stay. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife, two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Here are the characters. Elimelech and his wife, Naomi. Now, Elimelech means my God is king. And Naomi means pleasant. So you got this guy named my God is king, and he's in Bethlehem. And a famine comes along. And he decides he's going to leave, but it's not just him. He takes his wife and two sons. Now, their two sons were named Malan and Kilian. Malan means sick. Killian means pining or weak. So you got my God is king and pleasant. They're going to take sick and weak. And they're going to leave Bethlehem. Now the scriptures don't say that everybody else left Bethlehem. Hear me. They just say that they left Bethlehem. There was not this huge exodus of people leaving Bethlehem. But for some reason, my God is king and pleasant. But really, it was my God is king decided he's going to leave Bethlehem. And he's going to take sick and weak and his wife with him. So a man from Bethlehem, verse 1, a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Bethlehem means house of bread. Now track with me if you can, because we're in a harvest mindset today. And my God is king and pleasant, was sick and weak, leave the house of bread, because there's a famine. You can't run every time something goes wrong in your life. You've got to be centered and founded on something, or else every time the lights go out, you're going to run. Every time the horn honks, you're going to be in fear. Every time your checkbook doesn't balance, you're going to say, oh, my God, it's the end. I'll tell you, not if you're in the house of bread. You see, it may not add up. You may not understand it. But if you're in the house of bread, stay there. And, and so this man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live in the country of Moab. Let me just tell you about Moab. It was on the other side of the Jordan. The other side. Not the west side. The other side. The east side. 
Abraham had a son, Isaac. Abraham had a brother, Haran. They left with their father, Ur the Chaldeans, and went up to a place called Haran. And Abram's brother died. And he had his nephew Lot with him. Lot and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot is there. He loses his wife in Sodom and Gomorrah. And his daughters think everything is going to be bad. And his daughters slept with him. And he had an incestuous relationship with them. Or them with him. Doesn't matter. I can't figure out how he wouldn't know what was going on. But they, they had a son. And his name was Moab. So, my God is king and precious and beautiful and pleasant. Took sick and weak and left the house of bread and went to a town that is named for a person of an incestuous relationship. Are you getting where I'm going? It's not going to turn out well if you haven't read the book of Ruth. And let me tell you what God says about the people of Moab. It's in Deuteronomy 23. It's as clear as a bell. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, not even in the tenth generation. For they did not come to meet you with bread and water on your way when you came out of Egypt. They hired Balaam, the son of Beor, and Pethor, and Aram Nariam to pronounce a curse on you. However, the Lord God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord God loves you. Don't seek a treaty or a friendship with them as long as you live. So my God is king and pleasant, took sick and weak to a place that was named after an incestuous relationship, a place where God says don't mix with these people, don't make a treaty with them, don't do anything with them. But they left because they were filled with fear of a famine. Let me tell you, the bottom line is this. Don't let a famine fill you with fear. It may be a famine of money. It may be a famine of faith. You you may think you don't have a job. It may be a famine of jobs. It may be a famine where you feel like you're not close to God. There may be famines for any kind of reason. Don't let a famine fill you with fear. Because if you do that, you're liable to do something that God doesn't want you to do. You're liable to go to a place you shouldn't go. Listen to people that you shouldn't listen to. Get advice from people that don't have a thing in mind about what to do. And God forbid you go on the internet and try to find out something to do. Because I'll tell you. No matter what kind of thing you have happen to you, if you read it long enough on Google, it's going to say you're going to die. You're going to die. So you got to turn that stuff off. And you got to tune in what Dr. Davidson was talking about today. Getting with God. But here we are in Moab. What are we going to do? See, Have you ever gone into Moab somewhere? It may not be Moab you went to. But have you ever gone somewhere when you got some fear in you 
or you got anxious about something and you decided, well, I'm going to go over here because, and I'm going to go over here because, or I'm going to listen to this person or that person, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And it may not have turned out too well. You may have gone to the barber. You may have gone to the bartender. You may have gone to the beauty parlor. You may have gone to the mechanic. You may have gone to the football guys, the hunting guys, the fishing guys, the golf guys. Or girls. Because everybody's got an answer for your issues. Don't let a famine fill you with fear. So they're in Moab. And listen to this, Ruth 1, 3 through 5. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And where did he die? In Moab. And she was left with her two sons. And they married Moab women. Now, God's saying in Deuteronomy, don't do that. But they did. One was named Orpha and the other Ruth. And after they lived there about ten years, both Malan and Killian also died. I want you to see this father led 